You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. I'm so happy to be here with y'all today. I get to hang out with high school mainly, so this is, this is a treat, hanging out with actual adults. It's, it's fantastic. I, I, I love it. Um, Evan decided to go to California and go hang out, so without all of us, and he's just, he's having a good time down there, but uh, thank you, thank you for just welcoming me and letting me be here. Uh, I, I love being here with y'all, and some of you know me, some of you don't, uh, so uh, if you don't know me, my wife is somewhere around here. I don't know where she disappeared to, but no, she's right over there. I just can't see her. I just got married in July to my <laughs> wife. To Jessica, and that's been fun. I always had the standing of, I will never get married. I'll be single for life. You know, when you hit 30 years old and you're like, I'm still single, you just buy shoes. So like, that, that, that was just where my life was. And, but then I met Jess, and it's just been so much fun, and I still buy shoes. So um, it's been really, really good. But here's the thing. I've been thinking about just our community of people and, and just the community of uh, FA Chapel uh, it's talked so much to Evan about the community at young adults and uh, over in high school movement and just everything that's happening in this next generation and in our generations. Like, I look at the millennial, and y'all hate, some of you are millennials in here, which makes me feel good, okay? But some of y'all are like right on the cusp, like there's the middle row of Gen Z and millennials, and some of you are like, I hate being Gen Z, I want to be a millennial. And some of you are like, I don't want anything to do with you freaking millennials ruining everything, us Gen Z are going to make it right. Okay. So like, you know, it's just right in that we're in that middle area, but I really do feel like we're in a gener- two generations. We're in these generations that community is important and watching this group in this community seek after Jesus has been really, really cool. We need to be a community that is committed to following after Jesus, to seeking Jesus first and foremost, and then going out and serving other people. Like if we want to be a community that builds more relationships, that builds more community, we got to be really willing to serve. And we got to be able to be willing to love Jesus with everything that we have. And if we're not willing to do that, ah, something's going to be missing there. But here's the thing, my, my hope, even tonight, like I, I, I don't know some of you and I hope to actually meet you afterwards. I would love to, I'd love to meet you, but my hope that tonight, even a little bit, you'd experience maybe some sort of feel, some sort of transformational moment of Jesus. And even if it's later this week or in the next coming month, my prayer is that there is something in your soul, something deep in your soul, and in the community of people that you have, and the community of people that you are with, that you will experience a moment of transformation with Jesus, because he is so good, and I believe his kingdom has something for each and every one of us tonight, where we live, when we walk out of this building, because believe it or not, the kingdom of Jesus goes with us wherever we go, so we can experience that kingdom presence anywhere. And that's my hope is that we continue to build community uh, with Jesus every single place that we walk. This place is filled with the leaders for today. I know Evan talks about it all the time. We are the church today. And so many times our groups of people get looked down on as you're not the church yet. You're not ready yet. You can't lead yet but eventually you'll be able to. Here's the thing. I have no freaking clue when that eventually happens, okay? Because every single time I feel like all the time I'm like, okay, I was 25 and I was like, okay, now I'm like a real adult, right? You're, You're 18 to 20, 
you're just like getting out of high school. You hit 21, you're like, I'm an adult, and there's reasons why, right? You know, I can, I can, I'm, I'm allowed now, all right? And then you get, you get, but at 22, you're like, nah, I'm still an idiot, all right? And I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm still trying to figure it out. And then I'm trying to get into the real world and get jobs. If you went to college, you're trying to get jobs if, you're, uh, if you've been working. Like, I didn't go to college right off the bat. Like, I just got my degree this year. So, and I'm 33. So it's like, I, I was, I kind of went into this job force, but I knew everything at 20, 21. I knew it all. And I was convinced that I knew it all. And you, you know how you've been. If you've been through that 20, 21, you think you know it all. Once you get to 25, you realize, man, I really was kind of dumb. I didn't know what I thought I knew. But now I'm at 25. My brain is technically grown. We're good now. And I'm, I'm an adult, right? And I still feel like sometimes we get look, you get looked down on. And it's like, no, 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 you're not, you're not there yet. You don't, you don't actually understand. And I felt like I got that all the time as a single pastor who had no kids, who was leading a ministry, and it's like, no, 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 You don't have a family. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I just need to go have a kid. Got it. All right. That doesn't sound like Jesus. All right. The Bible doesn't say that. Okay. And so like, I was trying to figure out all of these things, but by the time I hit 30, I was really like, okay, now I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be an adult. Like, this is something, but still, something, I feel like, uh, something's off. And then I just went into this spiral depression because I was like, I can't, I can't please everybody. I'm feeling like I'm all by myself. I don't feel like I have community. I feel like, I feel like everybody's looking down on me. I feel like I can't lead and I, am, I still haven't made it there yet. And I don't know where yet is supposed to be. See, we're the church ready to start right here in the now. And this is a group of people that is the church in the here and the now. And we need to be a community of people who are encouraging each other to be the church here and now. And when we walk out of these doors, we're still the church here and now. And when we walk, if we go to the weekend services, we walk in there as the church here and now. This, these generations right here are going to shape the future of our country, the future of our churches, and the future of this world. That's a lot of pressure. And we don't sometimes want to rise up to it or we feel like we're not there yet. You are, let's start. But we need to start together as a community navigating some of these things. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in you each and every day. This power that he walked around with every day is with you. When you walk with Jesus, it's all there. You know, I, I feel like a lot of the times, though, we're, we're still wrestling through a lot of the questions that I deal with on a weekly basis with high school students that start when you're a junior higher, when insecurities start really becoming a thing. Those questions of who am I? Who am I, who, who am I actually? Like, who am I? What can I do? Where do I belong? Do I belong anywhere? Do, do I have a place? Is there a difference that I can actually make? What, what difference could somebody just like me, what, what difference in the now where I'm at could I actually make? Because I, I don't feel like I have a voice. I don't feel like I'm seen. I don't feel like I have the ability. We can feel lost in those questions. Who am I? What difference can I make? Where do I belong? 
Those are all things that we're going to continue to navigate through life. And here's the thing. People in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, they're still struggling with the same questions, that the insecurities that popped up at 12 years old, 11 years old, 10 years old. We're still wrestling through some of those insecurities, and all of those insecurities happen with people, right? It's all about like the people. It's all about community. Do I belong with this group of friends? Can I, when I walk in here, I feel like, oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just totally terrified and alone. I can tell a, a brand new high schooler that walks in there on a Wednesday night because they're gonna stand in the middle of all the people talking and they're gonna talk to no one and they're gonna have their phone right here. And their the whole purpose is, but they wanna, they, they're standing next to people so that maybe nobody can tell that they actually don't know anybody. Funniest thing is I saw that tonight. People just kind of eking in by groups of people and then just phone. And I'm going to text somebody or I'm just, I'm just going to look at this app. It's Amazon right now. And, <laughs> but I'm going to act like I'm texting somebody, but I'm really looking up new water bottles. Like, you know, like, like that's what we do. And it's because there's that insecurity that continues to drive us because maybe we're feeling that. Who am I? I don't know if I belong. Can I make a difference? What good is it? What am I? Those insecurities don't just disappear, and I wish they did. But here's the wonderful thing. It's through Jesus that we can start to find who we are, just even a little bit. And even if you're just a little bit curious about Jesus or what he has for you, you can start to find those answers. Where do I belong? Who am I? What difference can I actually make? I just want us to see that there's this compelling, wonderful world of the kingdom of Jesus that is available in the here and the now that answers those questions and helps us to thrive in the community and starts to take those insecurities and teach it. They don't disappear. I wish like, surrender my life to Jesus, insecurity's gone. No, 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 no. But he teaches us how to take captive of those insecurities and start to rewire our mind a little bit so that we can realize that those, those insecurities, that's not who I am. He's gonna to start to teach us how to walk through those things. I love that Jesus' ministry started at 30 years old. I mean, as a kid, yeah, sure, he was a freaking 12-year-old or nine-year-old or something like that, walking into the middle of a synagogue, which was the church of the day, standing in front of all the church leaders and just started to preach. Okay, I couldn't do that. But, you know, he started to do those things and he's, he was like, there was something obviously happened. We don't know everything that happened, but we do know that Jesus was a, a, a worker of his hands. Like he, he, he did manual labor for a job until he was 30 years old. That's, that's who he was. He wasn't some massively educated dude. He turned into this rabbi, but he wasn't picked, handpicked by everybody. He was, a, he was a mason. He worked. And so this Jesus, he starts this ministry at 30, and it's fascinating to watch what happens in Matthew chapter 4 when everything starts to begin. He, he goes into this moment where he is this promised Messiah, this king that has come, and he walks in front of John the Baptist who knows he's supposed to be the guy that's supposed to usher in this Messiah. 
And all of a sudden, he walks up to this water and, this John, and John, he says, hey, dude, will you baptize me? And John's like, no, I know who you are. So obviously, Jesus has a little bit of a reputation at this point. John looks at him and goes, I know who you are. I know who you're supposed to be. And so yeah, there's this little argument that t- takes place, and Jesus makes a really good, compelling argument. And all of a sudden, John's like, all right, I'll baptize you. So he baptized Jesus, this whole heavens open up, that God speaks from the heavens, and Jesus gets up and he's like, all right, I'm going to go wander and take a walk in the desert for 40 days. He goes and walks around, he gets tempted by Satan for 40 days. There's three temptations that we can read, but I guarantee you it's a whole heck of a lot longer. There was definitely more temptations. There were more things that Satan was trying to reel up, and every single day he would combat Satan with the word. He comes back from the 40 days of wandering. He comes back from all of this time. Then he goes and he hears about John's imprisonment and he returns back to Galilee and he kind of hunkers down for a minute and then his calling and he announces in Galilee his mission. He announces his ministry and what's about to transpire for the next three years. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 17, he says this, Jesus began to preach. And this is, this is it. He goes, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's it. That is Jesus' message. That is Jesus' mission statement is right here. He's going around, he's saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't say, repent, I am here. Me, Jesus. I've shown up, God in the flesh. No, he says, no, 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 repent because the kingdom of heaven, something new is about to happen. The kingdom of heaven has come near. This is a new kingdom moment. He's looking at people and he's going, I want you to change your life. I want you to turn to God, that repentance, that 180 turn towards God. And then he talks about this kingdom of heaven, the realm where God rules, where the people and God can co-mingle together. It used to be that the, here was the kingdom of humanity and here was the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 I'm bringing those together. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of humanity, the kingdom of heaven is coming near right here and in the now so that things are gonna start to happen. And he goes, now I want you to come. It's coming near. Heaven is coming here. Righteousness and justice, the foundation of the throne of Jesus, love and faithfulness is coming here right now. Be ready, repent, because God is showing up. This kingdom of God is starting to happen. The real king of this world is making his presence known through the kingdom of God. This kingdom is gonna be established here on earth. That's what Jesus' mission was. Jesus' mission was to establish the kingdom of God here on earth. We look at it as, especially in in our world today, it's Jesus came to die on the cross to save us from our sins, yay, And now he's going to raise from the dead. He's going to go into Satan. He's going to say, no, Satan, you don't get any charge. And I'm just going to leave now. And good luck, everybody. Oh, there's a gift of the Holy Spirit, so he'll be with you. That's true, but that's not it. That's not the message Jesus was coming with. 
Jesus was coming with, I am presenting the kingdom of God and it's, it's staying here. I'm gonna leave, the kingdom of God stays. God's presence is gonna be on his people, with his people, and work through his people, period, end of story. That is the ultimate goal of Christianity is we are to be walking out the kingdom of God and his presence. He is the real king of this world. And he made that very clear. It wasn't Caesar. It was stirring up all kinds of crap. Right now, it ain't Biden. It ain't Trump. It ain't any political figure that you think or you think is gonna be the savior of us all. That's not what it is. It's the kingdom of God is here, period. And he came to radically shift the way that the church, the capital C church, the people of God were to work. The people of God are to work a little bit different. Everybody else strives for me. I want my power. I want it all. And God and Jesus came in. This kingdom of God came in to show that the least, the last, and the lost matter the most. That's what mattered to God. That's what matters to the kingdom of God. The least, the last, the lost, they matter the most. And it's centered around this good and true, loving and just God that is showing up right where we are today. And he didn't just keep it for himself, but then this is what he does, starting in verse 18. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting their net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and they followed him. This comes from a rabbi custom. If a rabbi were to walk up to you and say, hey, hey, you need to show up, he'd turn away, walk away. You're supposed to just follow. And so immediately, they put down their nets, they followed after him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Immediately, they got up. Immediately, they moved. Immediately, they started to follow. They started to follow this Jesus, and he, he looked at and expected people to jump in. When they realized who he was, when they realized the kingdom of God was here, it's time to jump in and move. Are you going to follow? See, what are kingdom people? Not Christianity, this is what it's supposed to be. What are kingdom people? They are people that are led by Jesus. Kingdom people, we are a people that are led by Jesus, period. He said, follow me. He said, follow me. So he, he's expecting that these fishermen are just going to drop everything and follow. And that's exactly what they did. They immediately stopped and followed. And Jesus is asking these fishermen. He went, y'all, he went to Walmart, not Harvard, in order to find his disciples. That's basically what these people, these people were just everyday Joe Schmoes. They were hanging out. He didn't go to the biggest and baddest school to go find his disciples. No, he found people that were real people hanging out with real people. And they said, come and follow me. And let's do this together. Being led by Jesus, following after Jesus. 
Scott McKnight, there's this quote from Scott McKnight that I absolutely love. He says, those who aren't following Jesus aren't his followers. Those who aren't following Jesus aren't his followers. It's that simple. Followers follow. And those who don't follow, there aren't followers. To follow Jesus means to follow Jesus into a society where justice rules, where love shapes everything. To follow Jesus means to take up his dream and work for it. A follower of Jesus means to take up his dream and follow it. That's where some stuff is messed up a little bit. Being a kingdom person is being willing to follow after Jesus. And following, y'all, is so much bigger than believing. Following actually requires movement. Following requires steps. Following requires taking those steps and going, all right, Jesus, I'm I'm following you. It's a simple, like, y'all, I have a simple mind. Follow Jesus means play follow the leader with Jesus. We all know how to play that game as kids. There's the first person, they're the leader, I follow. Simple. We learn it in kindergarten. We forget it as adults. Why do you think all through the Gospels, he literally says, come, be like children. Have faith like a child. Because you forgot. We forgot. It's simple. It's follow the leader with Jesus. That's what it is. Following after him means to looking at his desires and working for it. And guess what? His desires are pretty dang great. His desires aren't going to make sure that you're going to be in the slums forever. You're going to be this. this. No, no. He's, he's got awesome and amazing plans for each and every one of us. And he wants to walk and follow him out. And it might take us to the business world. It might take us to Walmart. It might take us to Costco. It might take us to, to an insurance company where we're sitting at a desk next to a person who doesn't have a clue who Jesus is, but you go to lunch with them every single day because they turned into a good friend of yours. It might take you into a group where you have a family and you get to lead little kids into realizing who Jesus is and how much they love him and how much he loves them and you get to influence that. Some of you might go into the political world, I don't know why, but you might go into the political world and you get to be with a lot of people who don't know Jesus and a lot of people who do. And you get to be an influence, like there's ways to follow after Jesus. Who is at the front of your line? Is it you or is it Jesus? I can't be at the front of my line. I tried that. It doesn't work. It caused me to close my apartment door, keep everybody away, drink a little too much, and just woe is me for months on end. When I'm the front of my line, disaster has a tendency to strike. Who's at the front of your line? The second thing with kingdom people is we are a people shaped by grace. Being a kingdom people in a kingdom community, we are shaped by grace because guess what? Each and every one of us has a messy story. Every single one of us has a messy past. 
A lot of us in here might even be like, well, I don't even have a past. There's not a whole lot in my past. I don't really have a story. No, 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 no. You've stabbed a friend in the back. You've gossiped. You've hurt the people around you. Every one of us has done it. We are a people that is shaped by grace. If I don't have the grace of God, then it's not a good thing. So being a people shaped by grace, we need to have a grace when we walk. And we need to have a grace for a lot of people where they're at. I've been in a couple of conversations recently that just drive me absolutely bonkers. Um, Working in the world that I do, and if you work, if you went to youth group as a kid, um, you'll know the number one sin in all of, all of, all of the world is porn. It's just what it is, because it's what we talk about apparently in youth group way too much. At least that's the thing that it gets, is like, you know, you got to be pure, period. You've got to have, like, and I'm not saying, like, this stuff isn't, like, sexual sin is a, is a real struggle. It, there's connection there. There's a spiritual tie that happens with sexual sin. Like, it's, it's messy, but it is the number one sin, apparently, in youth ministry, because that's what youth pastors talk about. But you know what I see as the number one, one of the biggest sins that high schoolers do? They talk about each other. They backstab each other, they hurt each other, and they put each other down so they can bolster themselves up. But I also see another huge, huge, huge sin. It's a fascinating one, too. It's a selfishness thing. So I just, I just, it's about me. I just want to talk about me the whole time. I don't really care about your life. I just want, this is what's happening in my life. Me, 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 my, 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 mind. They're two years old again. Another, another, another sin is, um, you know, they go home and eat or drink or drug away their insecurities, pains, and fears. Uh, another so Sin just kind of happens. I don't know if you've noticed that. If we're not people walking in grace, then guess what? We're just going to discard every single human being, period. And we're, we're people who Jesus just sets down at the cross the table and says, I want to talk with you. Let's go. What's your ideas? What's going on? What's happening? How's life? I love you. Let's hang out. Let me tell you about my kingdom. That's how we need to be as people. We need to be kingdom followers. Grace is this unearned favor of God. We didn't earn this favor. He just loves us for who we are. Pain and crap included. That's just it. That's just it. Dallas Willard says, the most important thing in your life is not what you do. It's who you become. That's what will take you into eternity. It's not what you do in life, it's who you become. The person that you become when we are shaped by grace means we have grace and love for other people and it's taking us towards the trajectory of Jesus. When we have kingdom principles in mind and kingdom of God in mind, it, it, we, we look different because we're looking towards Jesus. When we're shaped by grace, we have grace for people. We have mercy for people. We're willing to sit across the table from people. Discipleship is this huge process of becoming like Jesus for the sake of other people. When we are learning more about Jesus, when we become a disciple of Jesus, we are here learning who he is and becoming like him for other people. Go out into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded, helping them walk it out, helping them live it out. But guess what? That's walking it out as 
you're following after Jesus as well. It's living life together. This discipleship thing is one after the other, after the other, after the other, as we're forming this huge freaking line behind Jesus. Through grace, love, justice, looking towards people. Jesus called these disciples, these people to be fishermen, to go out and fish for people, to go hang out with people, to go build more community, to build kingdom people. Two people that I notice that are kingdom people. Some of you might know this guy, his name is Mark Johnson. He's a pastor here at the Faith Chapel. He's a, he uh, had his own church. He's been leading men's ministry, marriage ministry, young everything ministry. He's just, you know, he's the nicest human being on planet earth, okay? You walk in front of him and he genuinely actually cares about you when he smiles and says hi. When you shake his hand, you can, you can tell when you shake somebody's hand, you're like, you're just doing this because you have to. <laughs> I know you really don't want to talk to me, okay? It's fine. Like, that's happened. Mark, he walks up and he, oh my gosh, you're like, you, you don't even know me. I know you love me. I don't understand this. And he's going to have a Bible verse for you to just encourage you. He'll look at you and goes, can I pray for you? Hey, what do you need? How can I help you? Uh, do you just want somebody to talk to? Okay, I'll just talk to you. He's the kindest human being on the planet. There's this other, this young lady, she's a senior this year in high school. She's another one that lives, walks out grace every single day. She, she walks around and just says hi to people randomly. She calls everybody their bestie. It drives me nuts, okay? Like, it's super weird. She looks at me and goes, hi, bestie. And I'm like, you're a liar. I heard you tell them that. I ain't your bestie. I don't want to be your bestie. You're 17. It's weird, okay? But she's like, she, does. she calls everybody their bestie. And then she literally walked around one day. She just had candy in her hands. She had these, like, this huge thing of Jolly Ranchers. She just hand them out. She's like, oh, there's new freshmen here. I was just going to say hi to everybody. I just wanted to meet them all. And I'm like, I'm their pastor. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Crap, you know? And she truly just wants to, she just, she just loves people. I'm learning from this 17-year-old girl what it means to live out grace and walk in love. She's a she's bomb at it. Mark is bomb at it. They're so good at living this kingdom out in the presence of this unfiltered grace. You feel it. Everybody should feel that from us if, they, if we believe and follow Jesus. That's what people should feel is an unfiltered grace because that's what changes people because they experience the kingdom of God. And the third and the last thing for kingdom people is we are a people moved by love. I've kind of made that a little bit clearer in the last thing, but uh, we are a people moved by love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. He says this, only love gets close enough to know. Only love gets close enough to know. See, I'm not talking about a love that, that affirms all the feelings and all the crazy things that are happening in our minds and our hearts. Y'all, dude, if, I, if, if love was just affirming every feeling that a high schooler felt, dear Jesus. <laughs> Y'all don't know. If you live in the high if you just got out of high school, you know. If you got out of high school five years ago, you know. If you work with high schoolers, dear Jesus, you know. 
If you affirm every little feeling that happens, y'all, they can feel one thing one second, and the next second, you turn around and they're like, hi, and you're like, what? <laughs> Junior high, high schoolers are crazy. I'm not, I'm not affirming every little feeling that they have inside of them. What I am doing is I'm approaching, sitting down across the table and going, hey, who are you? I, I don't really know me. No, you tell me what makes you tick. What do you like? What do you enjoy? Hi, my name's Shane. I'm an idiot sometimes. Kind of a dunce. I like shoes. Big Viking fan. Who are you? And guess what? Sometimes I'm really terrible at it too. I get really nervous around new people. I'm the person that stands in front of the whole group and I get on my phone and I check Amazon. My wife, however, she can talk to everybody and it drives me nuts because she's good at it. And then I have to talk to them too. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, the pa I'm, a, I'm a pastor, hi. Like meeting new people is tough and scary, but here's the thing, we just approach and get to know people. Love is actually knowing where they come from, knowing what they've been through, knowing the hurts and the pains, knowing why they're feeling what they're feeling, knowing what the, what's going on in their lives and actually giving a rat's behind about them. That's what kingdom people do. See, Jesus was a kingdom person because he went through Galilee teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria. Why? Because it was different. Because there was something different. He was going around teaching, proclaiming a good news of a kingdom of God that had shown up. And this kingdom of God, what did it bring? It brought healing of every disease and sickness among the people. His, the kingdom of God brings healing of hearts, of feelings, of mind, of pain. It brings a healing of insecurity. It brings a healing of fear. That's what the kingdom of God does. This news spread all over and people brought to him all the people who were ill of various diseases, those suffering severe pain, demon possession, those having seizures, those who are paralyzed, and he healed them. This kingdom of God is different. It brings something different. It is so easy for us to love from a distance and preach from a distance because it's not messy. This is a group of people that need to be bringing the kingdom of God to each and every person that they interact with, and we need to be changing our world with the kingdom of God by following after Jesus. This is a group of people who should be rising up in our workplaces and showing the kingdom of Jesus. This is a group of people, we should be a group of people that are helping out these high schoolers and junior hires and little kids who have no freaking clue what's being thrown at them every single day of their lives. They are so bloody confused. They are so fearful and anxiety-ridden. And all of it, there's a lot of us who have a lot of fear, who have crippling anxiety, and we can help those people that are walking through it. We're a group of people that should be walking into the church and helping lead out what it means to worship and then walking out those doors and leading out worship just as hard. By looking around and seeing what God has done for us, with us, and going out and taking care of everything that he has given us. We should be a group of people that are kingdom-minded, walking and running after him. Healing the people that are around us. Not by preaching words at them, but by loving them, by knowing them. By showing them a grace that is life-changing. 
by putting an arm around them. We should be that kingdom people. He has called us to go and make disciples. He has called us to go fishing for people. This threads, it's all about relationships. Relationship with Jesus, relationship with people. That's, that's kingdom people. That's kingdom people. Don't be just this community. Be a community that helps people heal and know Jesus. Feel the love and grace of Jesus. That's what we need. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much that you brought your kingdom, that we get to sit across the table from you, that you want to truly know us. And that's, that's terrifying sometimes, that you truly want to know us. And I, I don't fully understand that all the times, but the fact that I can, I can sit down and just throw everything towards you and you're not going to judge me for it, thank you. And Jesus would, oh, I just ask that each and every person in here would be able to experience that freedom alone, that we can just be ourselves before you. And when you know that, you already know that, but when we're ourselves before you, thank you for knowing us, loving us, and having grace for us. But then, thank you for calling us up and saying, hey, 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 come and follow me now. Come and follow me now. Repent, turn from that thing, turn from that stuff, and follow me. Jesus, would we be people that follow? Would we be people that know who to follow? Not ourselves, but you. Would we keep you at the front of the line, Jesus? And then, would we add people to the line with us? Would we bring people in line with us? Whether it's people that are younger than us, whether it's peers at work, whatever it is, Jesus, I just ask that we would be people that would grab on and show the love of you and the grace of you and pull people in line to come and follow after you because you bring freedom and healing in such a beautiful way. Jesus, we need you. We love you. Help us be kingdom people. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.